Hey friends, my name is Ryan Hughley. I'm lead pastor of Ridgeline Church in Salt Lake City, Utah, and I want to welcome you to our podcast. We're working to build a community position to experience God in daily life. Our weekly teaching is one piece of that work. So as you listen to this week's message, my prayer is that you would hear God inviting you to respond to his love and his desire for you. For more information, you can visit ridgeline.church. All right, I want to talk about where we've been. Some of you have been a part of our church since the very beginning. Others of you are here for the very first time this morning, and everybody else falls somewhere in between those two points. But I do think it's really informative for us to understand where we've been, especially for us to be able to see the threat of God's faithfulness through what has been a really crazy few years. The sheer fact that our church still exists is a miracle when you consider what it is that we've been through. And so as I, I I don't know if uh, COVID gives you a lot of time to sit around and think and to pray. So I have plenty of time to reflect on where we've been. And as I did that, I kind of was able to, to, to think through some themes that have existed in the years that we've walked through together. And so If you think about 2018, 2019, those were the first years that our church was getting started. I remember the very first day that my family and I pulled in uh, to Salt Lake City. Uh, Our kids had never been here. We didn't know uh, anyone at all. But that very first night, we were in our apartment. No furniture had come yet. This is when I I was still shaving my face clean and I looked like a 40-year-old toddler. (laughs) No one told me for a solid three years that that was not a great look for me. And so... It finally, I saw, uh, finally saw a picture. I was like, why? I look like Caillou. So I need to grow some hair. <laughs> and uh, so this is the very first night we were in our apartment. My wife is a crazy person, so she still cooked us dinner. I don't know why we didn't just get takeout, but we just had a, this picnic on our floor. It was this weird mixture of excitement and terror uh, was kind of where we were at. When we got here, we did not know a single person in Salt Lake City. And uh, we were coming out of one of the most traumatic seasons uh, of our life and rolled in with hopes of starting a new church. Thankfully, shortly thereafter, we did have uh, this small group of crazy friends that were willing to join us on this adventure. And so we had this initial uh, group of people who were here with us from the very beginning. And on Sunday nights, we'd get together and have dinner and everybody was all messed up. So we'd usually cry through most of that. Uh, one of the born girls always had an injury and had to go to the ER. It was a, there was a lot going on. In these, in these early days. But through all of that, we got to a point where we were able to have our first core group gathering, which is a small group of people uh, that were getting together to begin to hear a vision for what we believed that God wanted to do. And through all of this, he was building. And out of this small group of people that would meet with us on Sunday mornings, a larger team started to develop And I still remember that Saturday that we all came here to this school for the first time to set everything up and make sure that it all worked. And then by God's grace, that last Sunday in September of 2018, is that right? Was it 19? I can't keep it straight. One of those two years, we started our church and it was really, really great. (laughs) It feels like a lifetime ago. But then Over the course of about a year, we were able to build and we had so much momentum. We got moved into our ministry center, which is right down the street from here. 
and uh, were so excited about everything that God wanted to do in that. And then, the literally like two weeks after, we all gathered in our ministry center for the first time to pray, and everybody was excited about how God was going to use that space. Then COVID hit, and nobody got to be in that place for like a year. <laughs> it was really anticlimactic. So we went from what I would say was these years of building to 2020, which if you think about what that was for you personally, my guess is that you would resonate with this as well. I think that was a year of wounding. That was certainly true for our community, for our church. Because we went from this place of having this momentum and getting to see God build and bring more people to hear about Jesus to online worship, which I don't know how much you enjoyed that. But this, is, uh, this, is, this, is, this perfectly captures Pastor Tyler's innovation and love for me. I was so painfully depressed preaching to this camera that hung from the ceiling that he got a few friends who were attentive listeners to FaceTime. He set these things up in front of me on iPads. It ended up being actually far more distracting than it was helpful, but I was so blessed by the intent behind it. So this was months of just online worship only, Zoom everything. Everybody remember Zoom? Zoom's doing so good after 2020. If you did not have stock in Zoom, you really, really missed out. But we had prayer meetings on Zoom. We tried to hang out on Zoom. I know some people were doing like Zoom happy hour. In hindsight, all of it was bad, okay? None of it, it was, it was what we had, but none of it was enjoyable. So thankfully by that summer in 2020, things were starting to get a little bit better. So then we started to have these micro services at our ministry center. And so people were spread all out. I think we could have 20 or 25 people in the room. We had one that was a family service that was just, oh, it was so loud. It was so bad. I was trying to search for a, maybe a better word, but it was just bad. It was so, so distracting and loud. But again, it was like, it was what we could do. And so then... We were able to come back together in this place for like two months and then COVID got horrible again and we went back online. And so it just felt like this start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. And in addition to all of that, as you'll all remember, we were in probably the most contentious election in many of our lifetimes. So much political division, so much social unrest happening in our country. And so it just, everything about life that year felt so, so hard. But you know, the more I've thought about it over the last couple of weeks, I actually think in some ways that 2021 was more difficult than 2020 because of how disorienting it was. And so when I think about 2021, I keep thinking about it, you know, like it was the year of staggering where we were all just kind of like, what just happened to us? Because in 2020, what was hard was like right in your face. It was all the things that I just said. 2021, it was like, Well, it's a little bit better, but not totally better. And so it was just very, I I just kind of felt like everyone was walking around going, what just happened to us? And it made me think about my, um, I played football in college and I will never forget the very first play that I got to go in and play college football. I'd I'd spent four or five years working to get to this point. And it was my my first plan. I was on special teams. I was on kickoff return. And so this kickoff happens at the very, very beginning of the game. It's a short kick in midfield. It hits the ground and bounces up in the air. And I remember it was like slow-mo and the ball's coming down. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get the, the ball, my first play in. And I was like, this is, they're going to see why they recruited me. It's all about to happen for me. 
So the ball comes down, I catch it, and that's the last thing I remember. <laughs> but what I, I got to watch it on film with my entire team over and over and over again later that week. And I got hit in the face so hard that I literally, I didn't drop the ball, but I did stand up and I just started to walk in a circle. And on film, my coach came out and took me by the arm and walked me off the field. And what I do remember him, I do remember him going, hey, uh, welcome to college. <laughs> it was a pretty sobering moment for me, but that's kind of how I felt. And I think kind of how we felt in much of 2021 of just this like, what happened? <laughs> over the last couple of years, personally, and then pastorally, certainly, it just felt like we've been in this kind of start, stop, start, stop. It's been so challenging to get any amount of momentum, and it's just been a very, very disorienting time. And as I've had time over the last couple of weeks to reflect on all of this, and to pray, and to consider the year that is to come, I do really feel like that God's given me a clear word for what he desires to do in 2022. And so by God's grace, I deeply believe that 2022 is going to be the year of healing. I think it's gonna be a year of healing for many of us individually, and I believe it's gonna be a year of healing for our church. And God gave me, reminded me of this verse that I wanna share with you that, that has been so encouraging and comforting to me over the last couple of weeks that I, I actually want to set this as our verse for the year, that this would be something that would anchor our hearts and our minds and our collective attention as we head into this new year. It, it's a Psalm, it's in Psalm 147. Now, if you don't know, Psalm 147 is actually a hymn that was calling the people of God to praise. And throughout Psalm 147, there is a host of reasons why that praise of God is warranted. And I think verse three is chief among those reasons. Psalm 147, verse three, it'll be up on the screen. It says this, God heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. Now, for those of you that might be in a season where you're wrestling with who God is and what he's like, I just want you to consider the incredible nature of those words. God is a God who heals the brokenhearted. And I'm gonna give some specifics in just a few minutes, but, but I think brokenhearted is a, is a pretty good banner to hang over the way that so many of us have felt throughout the last couple of years. And I love this picture of God being this caring and compassionate physician who bandages our wounds. I don't, I don't want to sound uh, cocky, but I was kind of a rollerblader when I was in high school, which is uh, as cool as it sounds. <clears throat> I, don't know, like, I don't know why you're laughing. Rollerblading has had a big resurgence during COVID, okay? It was really hard to find blades for a long time. Now, uh, I, I remember between my freshman and my sophomore year, uh, I was, we were living in Rapid City, South Dakota. My dad was a physician's assistant, worked in the ER the majority of my life, which worked out really good one day because uh, I had this huge rollerblading wipeout. And uh, <laughs> I, that didn't sound tough at all, did it? <laughs> so I, I punctured a pretty significant hole in my shin. Uh, and so much so that 
that I remember sitting down and then I had this hole and when I stood up, it was just like a cup that of just poured blood out. And the chunk that was punctured out was just hanging uh, from my shin. So I call my mom, my mom picks me up, she takes me to see my dad. And I remember my dad that day uh, being the doctor who took care of everything. So he sewed me back up. But I, I remember, you know, like I, for those of you that don't, don't know my story, my biological dad left when I was three and my mom remarried when I was five. And the way that my mom and my dad met was I got an ear infection and she took me to the ER and he was the PA that helped us that day and they ended up getting married. So it's me. I'm the reason that they had such a lifelong happy marriage. And so, uh, again, I, I'm being able to see the way my entire life, the way that my dad has been such a caring and compassionate physician to people, um, but specifically to me. I remember him being caring. He wasn't dismissive. He was present and he listened. And when I think about this picture of God being a God who bandages our wounds, I think about him like that. The wounds and the hurts that we all have right now and that we're carrying he cares about, and he's attentive to. And I want you to hear that this morning because some of us sit here right now and whether or not we are fully aware or whether or not we are hiding it and we're not very open and attentive to it, many of us sit here this morning with significant hurts. And for those of you that identify with that, I want you to hear these words again. God heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. And I believe that that's what he wants to do in us in this new year. And I think for that to happen, for us to fully get to experience the healing presence of God in this new year, it's important that we have some degree of awareness regarding the wounds that we all have. And so <clears throat> as I spent some time thinking and praying about it over the last couple of weeks, I was thinking specifically about what are the primary ways in which we have been wounded, I, I would say not just as individuals, not even just as a church community, but probably as a nation and as a world in the last two years. I'm sure there's more, but there are three specific wounds that come to mind for me, and three specific areas that I believe that God wants us to be aware of and that he wants to provide healing as we walk into a new year together. The first one is, uh, is wounded faith. There has been, I'm so tired of this word, but it's the appropriate word, um, unprecedented, everything like, I would love just some precedented in 2022. Anybody else? Just like some precedented normality would be great. <clears throat> but there is an unprecedented amount of uh, what is being called deconstruction taking place within faith communities in the world that we live in right now. Now, if, if I were going to define, there's a lot of different ways that people define it, but when I use the word deconstruction, I want you to know what I'm talking about. And so just a simple definition would be this. Deconstruction is the disruption of the values, beliefs, and behaviors that once anchored your life. And many people are going through a significant deconstructive season in their faith. And I'm hearing a lot of pastors talk about it in a very, I would argue, ignorant and dismissive way. As if everybody's just waking up and it's just like the cool thing 
to have the entire foundation of your life unravel underneath you. And every time I hear a pastor talk about it in that way, I'm like, do you know anyone that's actually walking through this season? Because I've been walking through it personally and I've been walking through it with dozens of people for the last two years. And it is traumatic for every single person. No one's doing it because it's like the cool thing to do. But I think it's worth acknowledging because there are a great many of us in the room right now, if not all of us to some degree, that are in some expression or experience of this deconstructive season of faith. And I think that it's happening for two reasons primarily. The first one is, for some of us, just the difficulty of the last two years has caused us to question and to wonder, like, how, how can God really be good and allow all this stuff to happen? And I've, I've seen even some close friends completely walk away from their faith in God altogether because they can't rectify who the scriptures say God is, is with how difficult their lives have been over the last two years. So that's one reason. But I actually think more commonly is this second reason, which is, is that we've all had this kind of front row seat over the last two years to see professing Christians behave in a way that is wildly out of step with the way of Jesus. And we've seen it in the way that people carry themselves online. We see it in the incredible division that exists and the way that for many, many, many professing Christians in our country, it's a far more of a political thing than it is an actual faith thing. And that's a problem. And this has been huge for me. I grew up in the evangelical church. I don't remember a time in, when I, which, in which I was not a part of an evangelical church. And I have watched evangelicalism become synonymous with a particular brand of politics that has left me feeling like the ground on which my life has been founded for my entire life has like come out from under me. Because I'm looking at so much of it going, this is not anything like Jesus. And so when you back up from that, you start to feel like, God, maybe... Maybe none of this is true. And I'm still a Christian. I want to just lead with that. So you're not, you're like, this is going in a weird direction. No, I'm, I'm okay, but it has been really, really challenging. And I've had enough conversations with enough of you in the room this morning to know I'm not alone in this. This has been very, very challenging for many of us. And so a lot of us come out of 2020 and out of this disorienting season that was 2021, feeling like I'm just, my faith does not feel strong right now. And so that is our, the first wound. We have wounded faith. Secondly, many of us, probably all of us, if we're paying attention, wound number two would be wounded emotions. It was a very, very emotionally disruptive couple of years. Many of us, when we reflect on what were the most dominant emotions that we felt over the last couple of years that maybe we're still feeling, things like fear, and sadness, and anger, and immense disappointment. And the truth is those emotions are not the problem. Those emotions are appropriate. It was a scary 
couple of years. There was a lot to be righteously angry about in what we saw. It was a very disappointing season that we walked through. So the problem is not those emotions. The problem is we don't always know what to do with them. And so as a result, many of us have just been like holding on to them. And the problem is when we just hold on to them and we don't know how to properly steward them, then they just sit in us and they fester and we're like these volcanoes waiting to erupt. And so if we haven't processed it, if we haven't sat with God, invited the spirit of God to invade those emotions, many of us right now, and and here's one sign that this might be where you're at. If you have like one week where you're like, all right, I'm doing great. And the next week you just want life to end and nothing really happened. That was like a major trigger point. Just like I was fine on Monday, Tuesday was the worst. Then there's probably some undealt with, unprocessed things happening beneath the surface in your heart. And I think that this is one that absolutely applies to all of us to varying degrees. We've had wounded faith, we have wounded emotional lives, and then lastly, many of us are living with severely wounded relationships. Wounded relationships. <clears throat> we had, um, I don't know if you would agree with this, I feel like we had plenty of content to promote conflict in our relationships the last couple of years. Masking, vaccination, like when, when have we ever had like friendships have to end over, like, over things like this? Politics, these social issues like structural racism, all of these things that were just in front of us all of the time. And the reality is many, many relationships were crushed by conflict. And, And maybe all of them to some degree were tested and were wounded. Many of us, myself included, there there have been times where we have lost sight of what it looks like to love one another. We have been too slow to apologize at times. We've been too slow to forgive other times. And as a result, we have had, some of us are living with significant wounds in our relationships. And so when you consider where we are, in the context of where we've been, it's pretty sobering. Because the reality is, as much as some want to kind of create this picture of like, we're all running into 2022 and we've all got these resolutions, well, it's January 2nd. If your resolution already failed, like it was doomed from the start. But by next Sunday, all of us will have failed our resolutions. So we have, the, sometimes we, we, have, we, have, we promote this image of like, we're, we're going to crush this year. And, and the truth is most of us are limping again into another new year. And some of us are very discouraged. And even as we prayed together as a team this morning, one of the things that Shanna prayed that I thought was really insightful was that oftentimes for many of us, the idea of healing feels like a fairy tale because we probably had really high hopes going into 2021, coming out of 2020, and six days in, there was an insurrection. 
and all the, all the hope got sucked out of the, out of the new year that day. And so we go into 2022 and 2022 and some of us really don't even have the energy to be hopeful that healing is held out to us in this new year. And if that's where you're at this morning, I think it's really important that you're honest with God about that. And so despite the fact that we walk into a new year or limp into a new year with wounded faith, wounded emotions, and wounded relationships, here is the good news, whether or not we can fully believe it or not. The good news is this. There is not a single wound that God can't heal. I want you to do your best to embrace that this morning. There is not a single wound that God can't heal. And I believe that the work that God wants to do in this new year is the work of healing. He wants to heal the brokenhearted and bandage up our wounds. Now, as we close, I think it's important that we have some degree of understanding around how that healing happens for us. And this is really what I want to press into over the course of the next year is helping us look at these various ways in which we've been wounded and to be able to pursue healing in each of them. And so it's going to direct what we teach on over the course of this year. We're going to continue to work to uh, build more and more squads for people to be able to live in tighter and healthier community together. But we want to align all of our efforts around this work of healing because we need it. And so for that to happen, I think it's going to require three things. The first is a growing awareness of the wounds that we have. We need an aware, we need to be able to identify, here's where I'm hurting. <clears throat> Here are the ways in which I have been negatively impacted, the way that I've been disrupted, the way that my soul has been damaged over the course of what we've all experienced over the last couple of years. Because <clears throat> what's hidden can't be healed. And so we have to drag this out into the open so that God can heal it. And so I want to I do something. I want to take just like two minutes. And if you have a journal, some of you like to take notes in a journal, and I see that some of you have those out. If you don't have that, why don't you take out your phone real quick? Don't get on social media. Don't check your email. But maybe open the notes app in your phone. And I want to take two minutes, and Shanna's just going to play softly, and I just want us to sit here in the quiet for a couple of minutes. And I want you to ask the Spirit of God to help you understand what are some areas in, in which your soul is wounded right now. It might be getting more specific about those three things that I just said. Maybe it's something altogether different. And I know it can be scary for us sometimes to acknowledge the wounds that we have. We live with the belief that if we don't acknowledge it, maybe, it, maybe it's not real. And I'm telling you, that works until it doesn't. We have to have awareness of these things so that God can heal. And so why don't you take just a couple of minutes, write a few things down as an act of acknowledging these things to God. So Holy Spirit, I pray that even now you would shine light 
into what may even be dark recesses of our souls. Help us to be able to see, Lord, maybe, maybe even reveal to us right now an area of woundedness that, that we didn't even know. Some of them are going to be very evident. They're at the front of mind. We know exactly what they are. But Lord, I pray in these next couple of minutes that you would make us aware of these areas that we have wounds. So why don't you just consider that for a second. Write a couple of those down. Maybe submit those as well in your prayer request this morning so that we can be praying together for you about that. But I'll give you just a minute to make a note of a couple areas In addition to awareness of where we have wounds, I think there's two other things that are going to be real critical for us over the course of this next year together. The second thing is belief that God can and that he actually wants to bring healing in your life. And I think that some of us might really struggle to believe that. Like you might sit here this morning feeling quite emotional because you're not sure that God can heal what's been wounded inside of you. Now the good news is God does not demand grand faith from us. There have been many, many books written, so many sermons preached about how to have big faith. But what's interesting is that Jesus said that all it takes is the faith of a mustard seed, which is super small if you've never seen a mustard seed. Jesus does not just heal people with perfect faith. But it does require faith for us to be healed. And so we need to believe that Jesus can heal us. We need to believe that he wants to heal us. And then lastly, we need a commitment to come home to him. We need to learn to sit with God. We need to learn to follow Jesus in community together and continue, as we've talked so much about over the last few months, to position our lives for genuine relationship with Jesus. Which is in February, where we'll start the next series, is in really learning to relate with God in a way that leads to healing. And so as as we look to this new year. COVID clearly is not going anywhere anytime soon. 
We're still living in a very politically divided climate. Nothing in the world magically changed when the year changed from 21 to 22. But the good news in the midst of all of this is that God is with us and that he wants to heal us and that there is no hurt he can't heal. So whatever it is that we're carrying into this new year, whatever those wounds might be, he, he can and he wants to provide healing because God is a God who heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. And so I want to invite you to just stand to your feet, if you would, as we close our time together this morning. And I just want us to sing this chorus. I can't think of a better sentiment for us to, to sing and to pray this first Sunday of the year than <clears throat> of how much we need God. Because we need him to heal us. We can't self-heal. We need him to do that work. And so as Shanna leads us, I want to invite you to lift your voices in faith, to confess this and to sing this as a prayer to God in faith that he will answer this prayer. So let's sing together now. <clears throat>